Okay, let's uh, let me read this passage in uh, Matthew chapter 26, beginning at verse 26, and I'll read through verse 29. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and, after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, it it endures forever. You are probably not aware, but verse 26 that I just read you uh, has spawned a good deal of controversy over the past couple hundred, oh, more than, yeah, several hundred years, particularly the portion in verse 26 where you find the words, this is my body. Now, my purpose this morning is not to rehearse the controversy with you, but I, I do want to talk to you about one of the players in the controversy, perhaps the main player in the controversy, a guy by the name of Martin Luther Now, folks, uh, we Protestants, if you don't know what that word means, uh, a Protestant is a protester. We're protesters, the the Lutherans and the Episcopalians and the the Presbyterians and the Baptists and the Evangelicals and the Methodists. We're all protesters. That's the Protestant, that's the Protestants. The Protestant Christian church, humanly speaking, owes its very existence to Martin Luther. Uh, I know you know probably about him nailing the 95 theses on the church door at Wittenberg. Uh, you perhaps have heard of the Diet of Worms, um, Germany. Worms is a is a city in Germany where where um, Luther was put on trial, and uh, that's where he made his famous statement: "Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me." They made a movie out of that, folks. I mean, that's. That's uh, that's good stuff, but I, I'm not I, I'm not going to bore you with all the details of that that great story about Martin Luther. What I would like to do, however, is mention a couple events out of Luther's life that demonstrate the struggles that he had with this sacrament, uh, how it was such a central part of the whole Protestant Reformation. This sacrament that we're about. To take. So let me mention two events that come out of his life story. The first one occurred in 15, 1530. Now guys, the, the theses were nailed on the church door in 1517. The trial at, uh, at was conducted in 1521. So this is nine years after that. It's 1530. And, um, the, the Protestant Reformation is well underway. And there was a meeting of the leaders of the Protestant Reformation um, that was held in Marburg, Germany. 
The, the intent of the meeting was to try and to produce an accord, some kind of union between the Swiss Protestants and the German Protestants. Unfortunately, that meeting began rather inauspiciously when, when Luther, Martin Luther, uh, took a piece of chalk and drew a circle on the table where they were meeting, and he wrote inside that circle these words. This is my body. Out of verse 26. That was his position. He didn't intend to change it. And he didn't. What ensued is a controversy, a discussion that has gone on all the way to our day, to to this day, right now, guys. And the particular question in mind is the presence of Christ in this sacrament. Is Christ present physically, as is believed in the Roman Catholic world and what is called transubstantiation, Or is he present spiritually? That's the big controversy, folks. And there's so much theological stuff that I I could insert right here, but I I won't. That's really not my purpose for this morning. Comparing and contrasting the three views and all that. That's that's not what I'm trying to accomplish this morning. But um, what, what I'm simply trying to show you is how important this sacrament was to this man, Martin Luther. Let me tell you about another event. This one, you have to back up with me some 25 years. Um, 1505. So the Reformation had not begun uh, when this occurred. Uh, Martin Luther was born in 1483 to a family of miners. Uh, mining, you know. Not M-I-N-O-R-S, but M-I-N-E-R-S. Uh, a family of miners, and they sent him to school to get his degree. They sent him to the University of Erfurt in Germany to get his degree in law. He graduated with a master's in law in 1505. On July the 2nd of 1505, Martin Luther was traveling home. And he got caught in this furious thunderstorm. And a single bolt of lightning knocked him to the ground... And terrified for his life, he cried out this, which are some famous words. He cried out, Satan, help me, and I will become a monk. (laughs) Exactly two weeks later from that day, Luther um, gathered his friends for a party where he announced that he would enter the monastery the next day. At that party, he gave away all of his law books. He gave away his master's cap and uh, told his friends that he was going to spend his life as a monk. On the next day, he showed up at the gates of an Augustinian monastery and was admitted as a monk uh, on that day. Less than two years later, in April of 1507, he was ordained as a priest in the Roman Catholic Church. Less than a month from that day, May the 2nd of 1507, Luther was invited 
to lead in the celebration of the mass. Now, guys, if you've never been around Roman Catholicism, if you don't, maybe some of you have that in your past, but in Roman Catholicism, this is called the mass. Um, we call it the Lord's Supper or communion. They call it the mass. Okay. So Luther on, on May the 2nd was invited to lead in the celebration of the mass for his, his, his first mass. His father, who had disapproved of him ever becoming a monk, made a trip so that he could be a part of this great day on the part of his son as he led in his first mass. Um, the occasion of celebrating Mass is the very centerpiece of all of Roman Catholic, uh, the Roman Catholic means of grace. On the altar, in Roman Catholicism, lay the body of Christ, literally, and the blood of Christ. The very sacrifice of Christ reenacted. In that event, known as Mass, the priest performs the miracle of turning common elements into the actual blood of and body of Christ. Now, normally, the celebration of Mass is a very happy occasion, particularly when it's your first one. It's your first one as a new priest. and But for Luther... It became a dreadful, frightening event. He was so terrified by the, by the things, the elements that he was handling and, and a, complicated by an awareness of his own sin and, and the, and the holiness of God that he was petrified and could barely bring himself to finish this, this service. Afterwards, his father was so embarrassed that he rebuked him publicly and mocked him, sending Luther into a, a deep depression, despair, forsakenness. And he determined on that day that he was going to do something about that. Now, but we'll get to that in just a second. Guys, there were manuals that existed that told young priests how this was to be conducted. Um, for instance, the vestments must be correct. The vestments is what you wore. You know, those, that outfit that you, it's called the vestments. The vestments had to be correct. And if you, and if you were incorrect in the wearing of the vestments, it was considered a sin worse than the seven deadly sins. The, um, the rehearsal or the uh, the uh, the recitation of the of the of the mass itself must be done correctly, and it was specified that it must be done in a low voice and um, and without stammering. Luther had blown it on both points, and then the the great biographer of his life, his name is Roland Bainton, uh, in a book called Here I Stand. Roland Bainton says this, and I'm I'm quoting Roland Bainton at this point. The day began with the chiming of the cloister bells and the chanting of the psalm, O sing unto the Lord a new song. Luther took his place before the altar and began to recite the introductory portion of the Mass 
until he came to these words. We offer unto thee the living, the true, the eternal God. And then Luther related afterwards, and I'm quoting Luther. At these words, I was utterly stupefied and terror-stricken. I thought to myself, with what tongue shall I address such majesty? Seeing that all men ought to tremble in the presence of even an earthly prince. Who am I that I should lift up my eyes or raise my hands to the divine majesty? The angels surround him. At his nod, the earth trembles. And shall I, a miserable little pygmy, say, I want this, I ask for that? For I am dust and ashes and full of sin and, I'm, and I am speaking to the living, eternal, and the true God. Roland Bainton goes on. The terror of the holy, the horror of infinitude, smote him like a new lightning bolt. And only through a fearful restraint could he hold himself at the altar to the end. Utterly limp. He finished the service, the Mass, only to be greeted by the rebuke of his father. Luther was devastated. And so he concluded that whatever good works were required so that a man might save himself, he was resolved to do whatever it took. He would fast for three days in a row without a crumb. And he did that on numerous occasions. He well nigh froze himself to death because he refused to cover himself with the blankets that were permitted by the monastery in the in the coldest part of winter. He would go out and he would lie in the snow half naked. All of that designed to try and compensate for his sins. And what he found is that he simply could not satisfy this God. He found no relief and his torment continued. For another seven or eight years and then having been asked to teach the book of Romans He began to study the book of Romans and there was stopped dead in his tracks over Romans chapter 1 verse 17 which gave rise to and I don't have time to go to the it's a very faint you can google it called the tower experience just just google Martin Luther's tower experience and it'll come up that that it gave rise to the tower experience where he discovered, finally, rest and peace for his soul in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Two or three years later, he launched the Protestant Reformation. Guys, I have two things that I I just want to say by way of application. And then we're done. We'll, we'll go here. First of all, folks, this sacrament, which... Do you remember the song, 
It was in My Fair Lady. And it goes like this. I've grown accustomed to your face. It's second nature to me now. My point is this, guys. We do this monthly. And I'm afraid that the familiarity breeds contempt. Maybe not contempt. Maybe that's too harsh a word. But it becomes becomes less than what it was intended to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Martin Luther took these elements in in his hands and he could hardly stammer out words. Where has that gone? Where has that gone from us? Why is it that this is less than what it should be for us, all of us? You know, ladies and gentlemen, I was thinking this morning, I got up early and, and I was... I was thinking about how there's there's so little there's so little trembling before God among you, and then I thought, to heck with them. There's no trembling in you. Forget them. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Why is it that we trifle with holy things? Why have we come to the place where this has become Second nature to us now. Ladies and gentlemen, in the next few minutes, you are going to hold things that represent the very centerpiece of your salvation. Do so with great caution. And then secondly, well, Jimmy, you said they're, they're only symbols. Is that right? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say they were only symbols. I said they were symbols. But they're not only symbols. Because they draw us to, they point us to, they seek to, To portray before our souls the very essence of our of our faith. The broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. The finished work of Christ for us, ladies and gentlemen. This sacrament is designed to draw us out of that which is profane. And bring us into the presence of the sacred. I'm not asking you to tremble. But I am asking you. To think soberly. To think cautiously. To think profoundly. about that which we are about to put in your hands. May we pray. Our Father, I do ask that your people would find a great sense of delight, a great sense of peace and release as we... um, the, The thing that Luther found... 
The thing that set his soul to dancing. The thing that so stirred him that he was willing to forfeit his life if need be. So that people could hear the message of salvation in Christ. Oh God, forgive us that this has become, that we've become too familiar. And that, that we trifle. That we toy with things that we shouldn't toy with. Remind us now, O God, that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God when one is outside of Christ. Remind us that David said that my flesh trembles at your judgments. Remind us that we are handling that which is symbolic but far more than just a symbol. Might these symbols draw us into the very presence of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray.